Hawks Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV podcast. I'm your host Mac, joined by my co-host Alex, and uh, we we are we are excited to bring you another episode. But things have been a little gloomier here in the last week for the Hawks as we have gone one and two since we recorded last, falling to a couple rivals in the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks, both at home. Uh, but we did bre- beat the lowly Detroit Pistons in the in-season tournament, so we at least got that. Uh, we'll get in that in just a little bit, but first. First and foremost, how you doing, Alex? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, as you mentioned, not the uh, the best stretch we've had since our last recording. But, hey, you know, it, it happens. It's a long 82-game season. Um, you know, on the positive, Mac, we are 1-0 and in the in-season tournament standing. So we can at least hang our head on that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the remainder of the schedule shakes out. But I'm still confident in the team. Oh, yeah. No, my confidence hasn't wavered too much. Um, as you kind of mentioned, it's 82 game season. This is just kind of how it happens at times. Uh, you know, that Miami Heat game, I, I know everybody's going to gripe about that one. And, and understandably so, you know, they were missing Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. And, you know, I'm sure as fans, we were thinking, oh, we got this one easy, man. You know, this is the, they don't have their two stars. Well, literally the next game, we didn't have our superstar on Trey Young and we won the game because honestly, man, been watching NBA basketball long enough. That's a very common theme in the regular season, meaning your superstar player isn't playing and the rest of the guys, the role players, whatever, they step up. Normally you see it happen a little bit more at home than on the road, but still Miami is a great team. You know, they got the heat culture, right? You know, obviously they're not going to be too intimidated by having to step up at a, in a game like that. So um, it, it it sucked. You know, Hami Hakez probably had his best game of his career so far. But I'll give the that kid some flowers where it's due. He looks like he's a pretty solid player. So, um, you know, no no huge shame in that. And, uh, you know, going into this week, if you would have said, all right, Mac, the Hawks can only win one of these next three games. Which one do you want it to be? Obviously, beating the Heat and Knicks is always great. I'd be happy with either one of those. But if I had to choose, I probably would have surprisingly chose, all right, if we can only win one, Let's win that in-season tournament game. Let's beat the Pistons. They're they're a bad team. Like, we can't lose to them. So, admittedly, man, you know, like I said, if you were going into this week and you were my genie that I, you know, just granted some wishes from or, or asked for some wishes, uh, and you told me, hey, Hawks are going to only win one of these games, I probably would have chosen Pistons game. So, with that being said, you know, I, I wasn't too disappointed with our losses. We're going to lose games. It's going to happen. Um, I don't think the losses were uh, incredibly ugly losses. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we got dog walked and it's not like it was like, what are we doing, man? This is the same problems we've had over and over again. I think it's just, you know, kind of how the dice roll in the NBA sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head, Mac. Uh, it's unfortunate. I think we should have won uh, most of those games. We were favored in all three. Um, and of course, we only won one out of those three, which is sad, but it happens. Like I said, I think the common theme here is, is like you said, right? It's, it's, it, they were close games, some closer than it should have been, like the Pistons game where we pretty much were getting anything we wanted on offense in the first half, first quarter. Looked like it was going to be a breeze, but I, the, the main consistent variable is the defense. Like we almost, yeah, we almost lost the Pistons game because of the defense. We lost the Knicks game the other night because of defensive rebounding. Same thing with the Miami Heat. You know, we they got off to a hot start, and we just could not get stops consistently uh, to to stop the bleeding and to to get ahead on the Heat. So that's been like the the major thing that I've seen is 
one, we get off to really slow starts, minus the Pistons game. We actually got off to a really good start shooting-wise, but then it kind of simmered down. But for the most part, most of these games in these first 10, 10 or 11 games or so have been us fighting back from behind, right? I think that's been the main kind of thing that we've seen. I asked Coach Quinn Snyder about it, or someone else asked it, Coach Quinn, about getting off to these slow starts. And every player, every coach has reiterated the same thing. It's like, yeah, we just got to step it up. We got to fight with more intensity. We have to defend better. We have to get rebounds. And the rebounding was was glaring in the Knicks game. That's essentially what lost us the game. A lot of people are going to point out to to Trey, he you know, he only shot 30% yet again, another poor shooting night. He also dished out 17 assists, which is more than the entire team combined, and he was doing his thing. Like obviously his shot wasn't falling yet again, but he didn't take that many shots. Like he and he's been doing that pretty well this season for the most part, where if he's not shooting the ball that well, he's not taking, you know, 20, 25 shots like we've seen accustomed to in previous years. The other night against the Knicks, he only took 12 shots. That's only 12 shots from your superstar, but he dished out 17 assists, which is more than enough playmaking when we, you know, to win the game. He was also the only starter. Uh, in the entire lineup to actually have a positive BPM, which for all you listeners out there, if you don't know what that means, it's how much your team scores or doesn't score when a certain player is on the floor. Trey Young was a plus one. So when he's on the court, the Hawks literally do better and are outscoring their opponents. So I don't want to hear that nonsense about, you know, he can't shoot. He's killing us in the games, yada, yada, yada. He was the only starter with a positive plus minus and, yeah, it was rough. We got killed on the glass. I tweeted this the other night, and Clint Capella, Jalen Johnson, and you know Dejounte Murray, Trayong, they all got out rebounded by one person on the Knicks. That was Mitchell Robinson. He himself had 15 rebounds by himself, and our entire starting lineup only had 16. That's crazy. We had one more rebound than one player on the Knicks. So it's frustrating. You know, Clint Capella only had three rebounds that night which is like wild to think about. I know the timeline was kind of killing him uh, all over Twitter that night because he was pretty much a non-factor the entire game. Um, And that's been the theme. We can't get stops consistently when it matters and we can't get rebounds. Like DeAndre Hunter, he, he got off to a great start offensively, but it simmered down ever since the dislocated uh, finger. And now he's like, his rebounding, it looks exactly like it's been the previous three, four years of his career. He just can't rebound. I don't know what it is about him, but it is what it is. Like the numbers don't lie. The the film doesn't lie. There was a play late in the fourth quarter that they got offense rebound off of the Knicks that is. And DeAndre Hunter literally had the ball in front of him. It like hit his feet and he was looking for the ball, searching for the ball. And he couldn't get to it. Mitchell Robinson's the only player down there for the Knicks. We had like three Hawks players under the, under the uh, rebound. And of course, Mitchell Robinson's the only one that fell for to the floor to actually corral that rebound. So it's things like that. Like you need players to try. You need players to get down and dirty. And from what we've seen, we haven't seen DeAndre Hunter been able to consistently get boards. His hands have been shaky at best since, you know, coming into the league when it comes to like catching passes, getting rebounds. So, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. But um and at this point, Mac, I wish I could say, like, it's going to be a learning curve and, you know, it, he's going to improve. But right now, from what we've seen, given his age and, and how long he's been in the league now, DeAndre Hunter has been, you know, 
he, right. he has a lot to left to be desired on the court right now. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, it could have been worse. We could have been 0-3 in that stretch. We still have a winning record, which is a positive. And I'm sure if we win tonight against the 76ers, everyone's going to forget about these last couple of games. So hopefully we can win that. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree with your last point. If we win tonight, everybody will forget about that. So, um, but, you know, man, I I, I think uh, real quick about DeAndre, since, you know, that's kind of what you were in and on. Um, I do feel like he has kind of crashed back down to earth a little bit. I know he's got the dislocated finger, but as you mentioned, you know, uh, a guy his size, you know, and especially some of the lineups we have on the floor should be getting a lot of boards. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, I I won't speak on him individually, just more of a, a broad saying for basketball. That's that's an effort thing, man. You know, it, it truly is, you know. Um that's why dudes like Mitchell Robinson get so many boards. They're not just huge. They're they're trying to get – normally Clint is like that, actually. Normally Clint is, you know, he, he'll he get three offensive rebounds on one possession, right? Um, not making any excuses for Clint either, but coming off the back-to-back, you normally do see that happen where the uh, defense isn't as tenacious, for lack of a better yeah. term. That, that is fair. I'll give him that. It was a back-to-back. They were traveling from Detroit back to Atlanta. Oh, right. right. So it looked a little sluggish. Right. So, you know, not not making excuses. That's part of playing in the NBA. You're going to have back-to-backs at that point. Uh, but admittedly, you know, the defensive effort, the entire game, I, I just kept saying that. I was like, damn, man, that's just a that's what happens on a back-to-back, man. So, um, you know, but r- real quick about the one game we did win, I just want to, you know, uh, give give the guy his flowers because I'm super happy for him. Sadiq Bey, uh, you know, playing his former team in the Detroit Pistons, dropped 17 of his 19 points in the fourth quarter which, you know, when you win a game by four points and we're even down at one point in the fourth quarter, we needed all 17 of those points. So um, definitely happy for Sadiq Bay that he was able to go back to his uh, former team and get that that revenge game. You know, that's always got to feel good for those guys. So Real uh, quick about Sadiq. I, I, I've been hard on him in recent weeks, but these last two games he's played against the Pistons and the Knicks, he's been oh, yeah, know, he's very up. good. Like, you know, the streets are talking, Matt. You know, some people are now saying with the emergence of Jalen Johnson's shooting ability, um, is it viable if we play Sadiq at the three and uh, Jalen at the four and just just make that one change, right? Swap Dre out for Bay. I highly doubt that happens. I don't think Coach Quinn's going to do that. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's possible. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, you know, I don't know if it'll be the, the starting five. But hey, we might see that as a – as a rotation on the floor at some point. So that, that'd be good. Um, I like that. I like, I like what the streets are saying on that one. Yes, sir. Um, but you know what guys, we could obviously go into so much detail about these games. Um, and we certainly could, but we like to keep these episodes a little shorter as we do the weekly ones. And before we get into previewing our upcoming games, I, I have to, I want to hear it, so I'm sure you guys do too. Uh, as you guys know, our followers, um, we recently got our in-game credentials, so now we will be at the home games doing the uh, the post-game pressers on the court pre-game, looking at the warm-ups and all, all that. Uh, we we now have done that, and Alex has been to a couple games, and just I just got to hear about it, man. I know that had to be such an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um it's it's been it's been a couple years in the making and and finally you know the Hawks said you know what yeah let's let's get you guys on the court let's get you guys in person in the arena uh went to my first one actually uh against the Knicks the other night AJ had to attend the first one because I had an emergency couldn't make it unfortunately but 
Yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, it's it's essentially like, at least to me, right? Because because I'm fresh into this, never done a an official game as a media member. So I walked into the stadium. You know, you park in very secluded parking in the Ruby lot, and you, you're basically right next to the stadium. Walk right in. They have the Seiko Smith room, which is basically um, like where all the media members hang out before and, and after the game, essentially. So, yeah, they got the full, you know, setup. They got free food, uh, free drinks, things of that nature. So I was munching on some wings, eating some fries uh, and, and just waiting for for Coach Quinn Snyder. Coach Quinn comes out uh, during 545. So I was there, got there around like 530, ate some food real quick, said hi to some folks, made my way straight to the pregame presser. And uh, it was it was awesome, right? Getting to to speak with Quinn, getting to see him in action, and all the other media members asking him questions it was really dope. After that, you have pretty much a dead period. So from like six o'clock, because Quinn only speaks for like ten minutes at most, because most people don't have questions in the pregame, and when they do, it goes by really quickly. Um, so from like six to seven thirty, it was just an hour and a half break, and I basically could have done whatever I wanted to. So in that period. Uh, walked to the arena, walked down on the court, saw all the players warming up. So I saw the Knicks players warming up, saw the Hawks players warming up. And it's like right there. It's like on court side, on the floor, hardwood. Uh, and that was really dope, man. You know, I saw I was literally sitting right behind where the Hawks like players are sitting down while other players are shooting on the court. So, you know, I got some footage, got to see how some players warm up. Uh, and what their routine routine is like in person. I've seen videos before, but it's a lot cooler, a lot different seeing that in person up and close. Um, and it's amazing. Like I, I know people talk about this, Mac, and I've said this before in previous years, like in the game, it's obviously different, right? You might see a really bad shooter or a perceived bad shooter. Like you don't think they're going to be able to hit a perimeter shot to save their lives. When you see them in warmups up close and personal and you see them shoot the ball, they literally go like 99% on the court. It's crazy. Like, you know, even the worst shooters like Onyeka Kong was not a bad shooter by any means, but he was literally warming up at the top of the key and towards the elbow area on the three point line. And he was like 14 to 15 from distance, right? Just in the warmups. So you watch things like that and it just reminds you again, like how different NBA players are from just like your average, you know, average basketball player, average human. It's crazy. Um, it's also kind of frustrating because when you see players like that, just like go crazy in warmups and they can hit threes at such a consistent rate. It's like, why can't you do that in the game? But hey, obviously in game, it's way different. So I, I did that, you know, watch the players warm up for about 45 minutes to an hour. And then I made my way up to the designated media section. If you guys have ever been to Hawks games, which I'm sure you guys have, you know, there's like that little uh, table area right there in the lower bowl where all the media members sit. So where all, all those people that you see with their laptops and their phones out, those are all media guys. A lot more media members than I had anticipated. I, of course, was expecting like some of the main ones like Brad Rowland, Kevin Chouinard, uh, things like that, uh, Lauren Williams. But then there was a bunch of other people just like me that had their own company or had their own brand that was, you know, doing coverage for the Hawks or, or maybe it was from the Knicks side. But that was really cool to see. Uh, and then, of course, after the game, you literally just show the guards your pass and you walk straight back down to the floor literally as soon as tip-off ends. Um, and it was cool because you see, like, all the fans, like, huddling around, like, the lower area of the arena trying to get signatures and pictures of, of all the players 
So yeah, I just literally walked right past them, felt like I was VIP, and then I made my way back into the uh, the post game presser. So all in all, really great night. I wish it could have ended in a W, especially against the Knicks, but it is what it is. I, I enjoyed my time. Hell yeah, man! That sounds like an incredible experience, and obviously, as as a friend, just so so happy and proud of you for being able to accomplish that. And uh, yeah, man, we we got we got plenty more coming. So. Uh, absolutely thank you of course of course man no uh that that uh that is just a a sign of hard work guys all of our listeners listening you know that's that's what hard work and dedication gets you so um definitely definitely find you find you some partners like alex and aj and you'll uh you'll accomplish some amazing things so uh, you're gassing us up you're gassing me up man i appreciate it of course man of course of course man um so yeah so we'll uh We'll wrap up the episode as we always do on a, just a quick little preview of our next couple games. Uh, our next two games are actually both home games and both in-season tournament games. So we got the Sixers tonight and the Pacers on Tuesday. I will actually be in the building tonight, not as a reporter, but as a fan. I'm uh, coming up to Atlanta this weekend for a wedding, so I'm so excited to be in the building. I'll be in the Specky Lounge uh, getting loud and rowdy. If, if anybody wants to come, uh, come say what's up. I believe AJ will be covering the game tonight, so be looking out for uh, for AJ uh, tweets, and you know we'll we'll send him out from the main account too. Um, but yeah, to to preview it real quick, obviously you know the Sixers are a damn good team, man. They really are. I I uh, it's funny what happens when James Harden leaves your team, and uh, you still have really good players on it, right? Um, no, Tyrese Maxey, man, I got him on my fantasy team. That dude is going off this year. Going crazy, man. Uh, yeah, he's going crazy, man. He is going crazy right now. Embiid is doing what Embiid does. You know, I'm not trying to downplay it. He's an incredible player. But at this point, I think it's kind of expected for Embiid to play at that level. Uh, he is the reigning MVP. So, you know, he better play like it. Uh, but, man, they're 8-3, one of the best teams in the league right now. So, I, I – I, can definitely tell everyone, and uh, n- not a hot take here, it's going to be quite a test for the Hawks tonight. But the Atlanta Hawks certainly do play their best basketball against the best teams in the league. So with that being said, um, don't be surprised at all if the Hawks win this game. And don't be surprised if the Hawks win this game pretty uh, pretty easily. You know, and I don't mean like a, a dog walking, but, I, you know, hey, winning by eight to nine points or something where it's one of those where it's like, hey, we had the – had the control of the entire game. Don't be surprised, man. That, this is when the Hawks really step it up. So um, I think with the in-season tournament, I think a lot of the players have bought in more than I was expecting them to, which is really cool to see. Like you saw Dame Lillard the other night saying, you know, hey, I, I'm a, I'm pretty rich. That million dollars won't do anything for me. But there's team, there's guys on the team that are, you know, under two-way contracts that getting that money could, you know, change their lives. So yeah. Um, so that being said, man, you know, the guys are definitely buying in more than I thought they were going to, um, you know, we do get that, the winner gets that little NBA cup, which, Hey, maybe in five years, that's something fan bases actually want, you know, we, we want an NBA cup. So, um, so I feel, I feel good about it, man. Surprisingly, the team I'm more worried about at this point is the Pacers. The Pacers have been playing great basketball recently. Um, if there's one point guard in the league, or at least in the Eastern Conference, that's playing better than Tyrese Maxey, it's uh Tyrese Halliburton, right? Yeah, like, you know, both those dudes battle are, the Tyrese's. Literally, man, they are going off right now. So um both games are gonna be quite the test for us, but to be completely honest, that's exactly what I feel like the Hawks need right now. You know, I feel like after these going one and two in the last three games, losing to 
uh, a couple rivals and and not losing uh, them in very fun ways, <laughs> you know, losing to a team of ragtag Heat players and then just getting out rebounded time and time again on the glass by the Knicks. Um, with that, uh, that Pacers game back, like, and to all your listeners, I wouldn't be surprised if that game ended at like 160 to 159, right? right. It's just two offenses going at it, no defense at all, just vibes and shooting and scoring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would not be surprised at all, man, because the defense right now for either team is not not that not that prominent. But um, but yeah, man, I feel good about both games. I, I definitely think we we could win both. I understand we probably won't. Um, we'll probably split them, but that's okay. Uh, if if anybody has forgotten, um, it's actually the fir- the top two teams of each little uh, mm. thing. So you know we don't we don't have to go undefeated. If we go three and one in our pool play, we'll we'll, we'll make it to Vegas. We'll make it to Vegas. So um, if we split them, I think we'll be in good position. Obviously, we win both. We'll be in even better. Uh, but if I have to offer a prediction, I say we beat the Sixers tonight. Uh, the Hawks on Fridays at home against big teams they always win those games man i i was a season ticket holder for years they always win those games um and i guess we'll have this fall into the pacers like you said probably 143 to 140 you know <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna be tough like like right now these two games are so crucial in terms of standings wise because a not only are they eastern conference teams and uh we're gonna be battling both of these teams for for seeding in the at the end of the regular season but also for the actual in-season tournament Pacers are first in our group right now at 2-0. Uh, we're right behind them at 1-0. And then Philly lost the Pacers the other night. So they sit at 1-1. One one. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I'm sure Philly's going to be hungry, you know, wanting to get a win, get back on track. Uh, I'd imagine DeJounte is going to be on Maxi, And then, um, you know, we're just going to throw a wall at Embiid. Onyeka, Jalen, and Clint Capella are all going to get their cracks at jo- Joel Embiid. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, yeah, but it's Friday. We're, we're coming off a loss. It's at home. It's our first in-season tournament game at home. So the courts are going to be what you saw the other night. And it's going to be exciting. I think the atmosphere should be great. And then the Pacers, we got to win that game to push our agenda, man. We cannot have the Pacers beating us and then Tyrese Halliburton going stupid. Um, th- this These two games are big for the agendas, guys, for at least for Hawks and Trey Young agendas, because like the emergence of Maxi and the way Halliburton's playing at a crazy level right now, everyone's riding Trey off. They're all like, oh, yeah, Maxi and Halliburton, they're clearly way better than Trey. So I need I need Trey to use this as fuel. I need us to get both of these dubs, even though, like you said, Mac, I, I don't know if we're going to, right? But we need we need these two dubs, and I need Trey to have two master classes tonight and uh, I think on Sunday when we play the Pacers. So, you know, prayers up, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Hoping for the best, expecting the worst. Oh yeah, no, I, that's hey, that's that's the the mantra of Hawks fans right there. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll end it on that, man. I couldn't agree more about the trade agenda. Um, the the trade agenda will be pushed this weekend. I I, I promise that. Um, but yeah, so like I said, we'll wrap it up on that. As always, want to thank you guys for listening uh, to the podcast and, and giving us support from day one. Please check out our website at hawksfandb.com. That's where you'll find our articles and other cool content as well. Be sure to give us a follow if you don't already at on Instagram and X at hawksfantv. That's where you'll see, obviously, as I mentioned, you know, some some tweets and pictures from tonight, from the warm up and all that post game pressers and uh, the Twitter spaces as well. Those are still a good time. Um, but yeah, guys, it's it's uh, 
you know, the gloominess is going to end the day. I swear. I swear. The sun's coming back out, guys. So exactly. uh, let's, let's feel good going to the weekend, and we will be uh, we will be back with you guys next week. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Yes, sir. Go Hawks, baby.